This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Equity Mike! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Can't complain. Well, actually, I can complain. Feeling a little bit under the weather, but that's okay. Coronavirus. I hope not. You're in trouble if it is, (laughs) because we've been in a studio for a few hours. (laughs) Uh oh. Anyway, no time like the present. The last episode where it was just EM chat was all about when life gets busy. So we're busy people. Let's crack on with this episode, shall we? (laughs) In this episode, Ren. We're going to be talking about company reports and what they are, trying to understand them. Not going to go too deep into the weeds with this one because there is a a lot to understand and you can interpret company reports however you want. So It's very very postmodern of you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But we're going to go through what is a company report and where you can find it, Yeah, what's in it, and some of the key things that you should be looking for from our point of view. Yeah, so let's start with the basic question, which is why are we talking about company reports? Like of all the documents that companies produce, why is this one worth doing an episode on? Because this is the one that they spend the most amount of time writing and you want to give them some credit for it. <laughs> yeah, credit to the team. They really put a lot of effort into these 100 pages. Nice photos, nice colour. I think... Um, These documents are required by any public company and they sort of distill all the most important information for the year. And there is a bunch of other stuff you can get, pure financial documents, investor presentations, the list goes on. But this one is really the best in terms of everything in one document. Yeah. So we're talking another word for this is the annual report. So reading an annual report can be a daunting process, we understand that, and knowing exactly what to look for and where to find it can be tricky. The good news is, however, in Australia, particularly in Australia, there is a standardised sort of model around company reports, and there are a number of elements that they have to include from a statutory point of view. So once you get the hang of it, 
Yeah. It's pretty easy to start going through and skipping out the parts you don't want to know and heading straight for the to the crux or the core of it. So we're going to go through that today. Most countries have standard formats or standard things they need to include. It just differs from country to country. So the big question is, what is an annual report? As Ren said, it's a, it's a report that comprises information about the company. It's a, a document that they use to communicate details around their activities for the previous sort of financial period, particularly around their financial results and also some of the strategies going forward. It's just a massive update to the shareholders. Yeah, and you learn how much the board gets paid. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so where can they be found? As we've said before, annual reports are always housed on the company's website. There's an investor center or usually down the bottom in the footer, you'll find a, a link for investors. Yeah, or just Google the company and then investor afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty straightforward. And you can also go through the ASX website or a website for the exchange in your country and they should also be housed on there if you type in the ticker of the company. So very easy to come across. So I guess we should get into it, Ren. What is in a company report? Yeah, so there are four parts which are compulsory and then there's a bunch of stuff that companies choose to include. Sometimes they make them separate reports, but we'll get to that. So the the four parts that are compulsory are the director's report, which includes the remuneration report, which is how much people get paid. What, what are the big dogs yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so get a bit envious. Yes, yes. <laughs> Aspirational, maybe. Secondly, the corporate governance statement, which refers to the way a company is governed, as well as the interactions between a company's managerial bodies, its shareholders and other stakeholders. Number three, the financial report, which includes its income statement, its balance sheet and its cash flow statement. So basically everything you need to know around how much money the company is generated and how much it's earned off that and stuff like that. That's the good bits. Yeah. Well, as an investor, you are that's what you really care about. And then finally, the auditor's report. So under law, these reports have to be audited and the auditor then does a report basically verifying that you know they've done their due diligence. Report and that, inception. That it's not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the auditor is Arthur Anderson. <laughs> Uh, for those who aren't familiar, they were Enron's auditor back in the day. And for those who aren't familiar with Enron, Enron was a big uh, fraudulent company in the early 2000s that collapsed. And for those who aren't familiar with the 2000s? <laughs> uh, two decades ago now, yeah, they were in yeah, the yeah, 2020s. Yeah. Um, known for... Um, what was it known for? Spice Girls? No, that was the 90s. I was going to 9-11. We were going in very different directions. <laughs> George W. Bush was uh, president. Uh, John Howard was prime minister. Kevin 07 Kevin was 07. in the 2000s. Yes. Anyway, we digress. Let's get uh, back to- <laughs> We could do an episode on this. <laughs> First iPhone, 2007. Yes. Big year. Big year. Transformational. Steve Jobs is still alive. We finished high school. No, I finished high school in 2010. God, you're young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, company reports, hey? Um, so on top of those uh, compulsory parts, there's a lot of other things that the company can choose to include. Uh, two big ones that we see these days especially are things around corporate and social responsibility and then also around sustainability. A lot of companies are now choosing to do separate sustainability reports because it is such an important factor for ethical funds and ESG focused funds. So they split that out into a separate report, which you can find in exactly the same way that you can find the annual report. Company website, stock exchange website, other websites, it's all there. 
So let's focus in on the section number three, which is the financial reports, Reg, Ren. Sorry, sorry, I've got to stop doing that. (laughs) Or just push through and people will get used to another nickname. (laughs) So to your point, Ren, they generally show the financial performance and the financial position of the company, which for an investor is really what you care about. Is the company that you're investing making money? Is it losing money? How good are they at allocating their money? What is their balance sheet? So let's start with the first statement. And all those questions, unfortunately, they don't split out. They don't have a heading, how good are we at making money? How much money did we make? You do need to understand the structure of it. But once you understand the structure of one, it's the same every time. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's not that clear. But it is, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty clear. Yeah. So let's start with the income statement, Ren, otherwise known as the profit and loss statement. This is where you get an overall picture of the company's performance. Essentially, you're going to know on this page whether or not your company has made a profit or if it's made a loss. It shows all of the money that has come in, which is your revenue. Uh, It'll detail all the costs that the company have had that year as well as the expenses. And from that... What's the difference between a cost and an expense? Good question. Without going into the weeds, it is an accounting difference, I guess. People are interested, I would suggest going and having a look online. If you're an accounting nerd, you probably love it. But anyway. I was just going to say spelling. (laughs) Yes, spelling. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So if you're looking at cost versus revenue, that's where you're able to determine how profitable your company is. But I guess the income statement provides information about the company's ability to generate profit and increase their revenue or reduce costs. That's what you want to be looking for. The good thing with these reports is it shows a comparison against the previous financial period that you're comparing with. So you can understand, has your company been able to increase its profitability over the period of time? Have they been able to reduce their costs over the period of time or both increase revenue and sales? So in that page in that income statement, uh, you're going to be able to tell how it's done from a revenue slash cost point of view. Anything to add to that, Ren? No, let's, let's keep going. I think that's a good summary. So then we move on to the balance sheet, which is a statement of your company's financial position. And this is a summary of financial balances within the business. Show. So what it does, it shows the value of the company's assets and also the value of the company's liabilities or what it owes for that period of time. The purpose of the balance sheet is really to reveal the financial status of a business 
at a particular point in time. It shows what the business owns in terms of assets and then also how much it owes in terms of liabilities. And that's where you can see sort of assets versus liabilities, whether it's in a positive or a negative position. Also, as it shows the amount um, that is invested in the business in terms of equity. So we've looked at income statement, is it profitable or not? Now we're moving on to how many assets does it own and what is it liable for? That can give you an overall understanding of the health of the business. So at this point, let's use some examples to sort of illustrate the point. You might have a company that has a very strong balance sheet. So it owns a lot of buildings or it it has a lot of money that it, it has sitting in its bank account. It will have a really strong balance sheet. So there'll be a lot of zeros on the balance sheet number it may not actually make a lot of money. It may not sell a lot of things. It may not earn a lot of rental income from the building or something like that. So it may have a really strong balance sheet. It may have a lot of assets that it owns, but it may not be that profitable. It may not have a lot of, be making a lot of sales, may not have a lot of revenue coming in. So it might have quite a weak income statement or profit and loss statement, but it might have a really strong balance sheet. On the flip side, you could have a company that just doesn't own anything. So like we run a podcast, we basically have no assets. We Our balance sheet would be very weak, but because you know our main asset is just us speaking and releasing this stuff. But then if we make income from advertising or whatever, that gets shown up on your profit and loss statement. So bigger podcasting companies, your Gimlet Medias and stuff of the world may not have big balance sheets, but they would have strong profit and loss statements. So different companies will have different things. You know, companies that uh, manage a lot of buildings, build a lot of infrastructure will have strong balance sheets. And then companies that are more light on, you know, your sort of tech focused companies are pretty asset light. You know, they might just own some software and may have developed some software, but they might make bulk cash from that software. They might really sell it. And so then you would expect low balance sheet high income in the income statement. So some key things to consider when you're looking at the balance sheet are the position or the cash position of your of the company, how much money do they have in the bank? That's an asset. Things like inventory, plant and equipment. Hold on. So inventory is like products that they have on their books, but they haven't sold yet. Yep. So if we sell t-shirts and we have them in our warehouse, that's inventory. Yep. Plant and equipment, obviously all the things that they own, the buildings, the warehouses, if they're a manufacturer, all of the machinery that they use to manufacture, that sort of stuff all sits on the balance sheet as an asset because at the end of the day, they can liquidate and sell that if they want to. That is, that is all worth value. So that all adds up to give you your total assets. And then you need to consider things like current liabilities. So the amount of debt that you owe, what you might owe to other suppliers who you're buying off, those sorts of things you need to, I guess, tax liabilities. Those are the sorts of things that you need to consider on the balance sheet that it's eventually going to be money that needs to be paid out. And then when you combine the two, hopefully your assets is greater than your liabilities and that's where you get a strong balance sheet to Ren's point. So that's the statement of financial position. Then we move on to the statement of changes in equity, but we don't really need to focus too much on that. The main thing is the fourth part and that is your cash flow. So this gives gives you an idea of the inflows and outflows of cash during that period and it's split between operating cash flows investing cash flow and financial cash flow and this is pretty important what's the difference between cash flow and profit so cash flow is the money that is coming 
in from the business, from business activities. So operating cash flow is all the money that comes in from your customers. But just because money is coming in doesn't necessarily mean that the money going out is less and therefore that impacts your profitability. So just because you have money coming in doesn't mean you're going to be making a profit. Yeah, yeah. So I think the the important distinction is cash flow is about cold hard cash. It's about dollars and cents either entering your bank account or leaving your bank account. When we talk about profit, there's a bunch of things that that are recognized on the books that don't actually translate to dollars and cents going into your account or leaving your account. So, for example, to use my very worst investment of all time, Slater and Gordon, they were booking work that they were doing that they hadn't been paid for as revenue. And so on the income statement that was showing up as revenue, that was they were putting dollars against that, but they weren't actually getting any cold hard cash for it. And then if they were losing those cases, no cash would materialize. So that's an example where the revenue number and the cash number would be different. Similarly, there are some non-cash costs that get shown up in the income statement. So for example, if you own a building or if you own a if you own an asset that depreciates over time, you know, machinery, equipment or something, you recognize that depreciation, which is considered a cost. It hurts your profitability, but that doesn't actually, there's no cash that's leaving your business. So there are things like that where they will affect your profitability, but it's not actually cash. And so that's the difference. A lot of investors, they look at profitability, but what they actually care about is how much cash the business is generating because that's what pays your dividends. That's what you know, buys back stocks and stuff like that. So it's just a slightly different metric in terms of the productive capacity of the business. Mm. Yeah. So those are the four main financial statements that you'll find in any annual report here in Australia. But the big question, Ren, is what should you actually be looking for when it comes to these statements? Now, we're not going to give particular metrics in terms of figures and, and percentages, but some of the key questions that you might want to ask yourself, and, and we'll get, tell you where you can find the answers to this, it's probably a better way to go about this. Um, so there are some quantitative questions that you can think about, such as, is the company growing their revenue? It's pretty important that your company is bringing in more money and revenue year on year. Where will you find that, Ren? So that's in the income statement or the profit and loss statement. And yeah, that's key. That's are they selling more? Yeah. Yeah. So that is your top line revenue figure. Are they bringing in just before expenses, before anything? Are they selling more? So you're going to find that on the profit and loss. Have they been able to reduce their costs? Again, you're going to find that on the profit and loss statement. Is the company generating a profit? That's where you look at obviously revenue versus cost and you can get a pretty good idea of if they're profitable or not. That's also on the profit and loss statement. How much cash do they have in the bank? That's on the balance sheet. How much debt do they have? That's on the balance sheet. Are they cash flow positive? That's on the cash flow. And how much do they spend on things like marketing? And you can go into a bit more detail around particular expenses. So those are some key sort of quantitative questions. But also in these reports, you can ask some more qualitative questions around, well, what is their outlook for the next financial period? Do they call out any concerns for their business? And, you know, where are they generating revenue from? And is that likely to change going forward? So some qualitative questions you can ask yourself. And then all of this information is in the company report. A lot of the qualitative stuff I like is 
just in in the CEO's letter, essentially, mm. there's mm. normally in the front couple of pages, and that gives you a good sense of what the good things for the business, the key concerns going forward, what's happening in the regulatory landscape, what their competitors are doing. That gives you just a general vibe, I guess, of how the business is tracking. My one call out with all annual reports is that it's written by the company. And so you do have to keep that in mind. They're, they're going to sugarcoat the bad stuff and pump up the good stuff. The financials, they can't lie about unless they're committing fraud. So the numbers don't lie. But I think, you know, as much as possible, they will find ways to frame everything that's presented in the report in the most positive light. So just always, you know, re- read it with a grain of salt but they really are such a valuable resource. Absolutely. And to circle back to what we started with with this episode, and that is around everything is standardised in these reports. It doesn't take too long to get a bit of an understanding of the flow of them, where to go and look for information. Once you do, it becomes very easy to remove the noise and head straight for what you're looking for. So don't feel sort of stressed that you don't understand anything. There's a lot of stuff in there that Ren and I never really read. It's just about finding the good bits. So hopefully we've been able to shed some light on company reports. Yeah. One thing before we wrap that I personally do, if I'm looking at investing in a company, is I like to look at like a couple of years back and I sometimes just read the CEO's note at the front, sometimes a little bit more. But it's, it's always interesting to see how their commentary changes year on year. If the CEO is calling out, you know, the same really exciting project just on the horizon, but it keeps getting delayed every year, you know, we've got this new facility being built and every year it's almost done, it's almost done. That's a massive red flag. Similarly, if it feels like their strategy is just pivoting massively, you know, we're going after the business to business market this year, next year business to consumer, next year we're doing something else. That might be a red flag. I mean, the the businesses that are gold standard, the ones that you really want to sort of put your financial future on, which is, you know, to an extent what we're doing here is businesses that have a consistent strategy that are better than their competitors at whatever they're doing. And you see consistent growth in top line, so in revenue and in profitability year on year. And those steady growers that can take the profit they're making, reinvest it in their business to create more stuff and have a consistent strategy, have good management, that's really what you want. And you can sort of glean a lot of that from a few years or more years if you want to of company reports and the consistency of them or what's going on in all of them really. Nice, Ren. We'll, hopefully we've been able to shed some light on company reports and make it a little bit less daunting for the community to go in and have a look and, and bring it into their investing journey. So we'll leave it there. Always good to chat stocks and we'll uh, chat next week. Nice one. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.